constant through all the years, Ray. Been beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. We like that. You like that. That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello to you, wherever you may be listening from. This is the Beyond the Game program, Sports Talk. Without the trash talk. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. A beautiful day here in the Rochester, New York area. But whatever the weather may be where you are, this is a day which the Lord has made. So rejoice. And why not? For sports fans, this is a a great time of year. Summer comes Mm -hmm. to an unofficial close this Labor Day weekend. And with it comes the pageantry of college football. And the NFL, the preseason is over. We're going to get into the regular season only days from now. Major League Baseball is coming down the stretch, bringing with it the excitement of the postseason. It's just a great time of year. There's every reason to be excited. Unless, of course, you're Robert Ayers, the veteran defensive lineman who was cut by the Detroit Lions just one day after signing with them. I mean, to my knowledge, so far there's still been no explanation given why they cut him i mean how bad do you have to play to be cut after just one day now obviously i'm being silly clearly no one one would think would cut somebody based on performance just after you know one day is such a small sample size right it's a this is it's just a strange situation he practiced monday and then they had a, a press conference with head coach matt patricia he took a couple questions about errors but this was tuesday morning by Tuesday afternoon, the guy's ghost. Nowhere around. That's so weird. I think we know at this point, Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey <clears throat> likes to stir the pot. He's gotten a brief suspension for lashing out at the media through his Twitter account. He did an interview where he graded several NFL quarterbacks, some such as Bill's rookie Josh Allen earning a grade of trash. He told reporters that he does not think that some of the Patriots star receivers like Danny Amendola, Rob Gronkowski, that they're not all that good. (laughs) And I'm not sure if he's actually talking honestly. If he is, I suppose that's refreshing. Or if he's simply trying to draw attention to himself, I tend to believe the latter as he tries to build his brand. He plays in a small market like Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, you need to bring some attention to yourself. And I think that's what he's doing and whatever it is. It's obviously working. He's getting as much attention as anybody around the league. Yeah, I think he's figured out that if he keeps saying stuff like this, people will keep putting a microphone in front of him. So why not just keep it rolling? You're getting big market results in a small market town. But if all those comments were not outrageous enough, he suggested to one ESPN the Magazine reporter that he could play another professional sport if he wanted, the NHL. Despite having never tried skating, he believes that if he trained for six months, he could make the NHL. There's no way. I have a hard time thinking he actually believes that, especially when you think of the multi-sport athletes. Hockey's not typically in the equation of the multi-sports. Yeah. You got a guy like Bo Jackson, knows football, plays baseball, 
Uh, he could play many sports, but his commercial, that Nike commercial, famously kind of made a joke when it came to hockey. No, I. this is not one I do. I, Wayne Gretzky was featured in that commercial. You probably remember it. Deion Sanders, also football, baseball. Mm-hmm. The guys in the Yankees broadcast, I was watching a Yankee game the other night, and they were talking about Dave Winfield. And I knew that he was a three-sport star. But they were saying what a great athlete he was. Mm-hmm. And football, basketball, baseball. I believe, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I believe they said he was drafted in all those sports and could have turned pro in any one of them. That's pretty amazing. I think I've heard that as well. So it must be true if you both They were saying that he was the best multi-sport star that they could think of, which started me thinking. Now, all right, Dave Winfield, who who is the most talented multi-sport player that you can think of? I bet we're going to come up with the same answer. I'm thinking Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson was... Just the, the just the purest athlete. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shame that injury cut him short. Uh, Deion Sanders was a terrific athlete. Yeah, the only one that I can think of that played hockey, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but Larry Walker, the Expos. Remember mm-hmm. Larry Walker played for a couple of well, teams, he's Canadian, but, so well he played hockey, and I my understanding was he was pretty good hockey player, but I can't think of anybody else that would have played hockey. I know that Phil Hughes, former Yankee pitcher Phil Hughes, is a big hockey fan, but I don't know if he ever played it. That's the only other name I could think of. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about Malcolm Jenkins. He doesn't want to see any of the Super Bowl reminders around the locker room. Zach's going to give us this week's shenanigans statements, and we'll tell you what it is that we like from this past week in sports. You want to contact the show? Probably the best way to do that, message us through social media or visit our website at btgprogram or btgprogram.com. Thanks for being with us. With Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. From our Rochester, New York studio, welcome back to the Beyond the Game program, Sports Talk Without the Trash Talk, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Zach, I suppose to some degree we all live in the past. How many people look in the mirror and still see their 20-year younger self looking back at them 
How many are still rocking that silk button-down shirt from their disco days? I played softball this past season for the first time in a few years, and I can tell you my mind was telling me things that I could do that my body was disagreeing with, (laughs) stretching doubles into singles, as it were. It was reported this week that Philadelphia Eagles safety Malcolm Jenkins is not comfortable with the number of reminders of the past that the team has throughout their locker room. Jenkins would prefer if people just forgot about the Eagles Super Bowl title. The Eagles have but one Super Bowl title, and they aren't exactly being modest or about proclaiming their championship, throwing it everywhere. They have banners, plaques all around the locker room. And who can blame them? That's I would, what I would do. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Jenkins says he hates all the championship talk and references. He says, quote, I'm well beyond celebrating last year's accomplishments because they don't mean anything this year. They don't give us anything. I said it earlier this offseason. It's not boxing where we get to hold the belt and somebody has to come and beat us and take it. We don't have anything. We're at the bottom just like everybody else. He has a little knowledge in this area, having won the Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints in 2010. They then turned around and went 11-5, and bounced from the playoffs. That was two games off their 13-3 and pace when they won the Super Bowl, bounced from the playoffs in the first round. I mean, obviously in the NFL, very difficult to win back-to-back championships. It's only only seven franchises have done it. Pittsburgh's done it twice, but it's only happened a few times. Think of my Giants. Every time they win the Super Bowl, they have a terrible year. In 1987, they finished 6-9. and nine. In 1991, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. 2008 did see them with a winning record. They went 12 and 4. They got into the they won the NFC East, but they were bounced from the playoffs by the Eagles. In 2012, they went 9 and 7, and if you count the Super Bowl loss to the Ravens, they missed the playoffs 4 out of the 5 times they've appeared in the Super Bowl. I think it's harder, I wonder, in the NFL to defend than in other leagues. I think it's not only that, but I think it's also harder to defend than it is to win one. Because everyone's got a target on you now. Plus, everybody signs away your free agents. Everybody pillages your coaching staff. You know, and the I thing think is, you got, you got 16 games. Yeah. It's very easy for teams to get up for all 16 games. You take other leagues where you're playing 82, if it's basketball or NHL or baseball, where you got 162 games. By mm-hmm. August, does anybody care that the Astros won the World Series last year? It, it just doesn't seem to have the same impact that you're playing the national or the defending champions. Mm-hmm. And then you take the NFL, their Super Bowl champions are usually put on national TV, primetime television several yeah. times a year. And those games are going to feature stiff competition and no opponent wants to be shown up on national TV. So everybody's coming at you with their best. You can't just rest on your laurels. Former Steeler great James Harrison agreed he said, I've won two Super Bowls, and of those two Super Bowls that we won, each time we didn't even make the playoffs the next year, and you can't rely on the underdog thing anymore. And you, you just can't rest on your laurels and expect that because you won a title that you're automatically going to be in the running for, a next, for another one the next year. Mm-hmm. You have to prove yourself over and again. And just as Jenkins said, you start zero and zero, just like everybody else, only with the added disadvantage of having that target on your back. The concept of not resting on your laurels is also important in our walks of faith. Living in past glories of spiritual victories can lead to defeat because spiritual battles, they just keep coming. They never really stop. 
relaxing after having reached some kind of plateau of spiritual growth or some mountaintop experience is dangerous because it it leads to this sort of spiritual atrophy. We need to always press forward. We need to press on, never rest on our laurels. Rest comes when we ultimately get to heaven and we hear our Savior say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. After we enjoy the feelings of having overcome sin or temptation, do we really think those temptations and those sins are just going to go away? Of course not. There are more battles ahead of us. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I often use it to remind people, it doesn't matter how bad you messed up yesterday. It's what you're going to do today that really matters. Forget it. Don't let it bring you down. But it can also be used in the other light where, look, man, don't forget that you're still in a spiritual battle. Don't get resting. Don't get relaxed. There's still more battles coming. Just because you resisted sin and temptation today doesn't mean the battle's not coming to you tomorrow. The principle of not resting on your spiritual laurels, you can see that clearly in the second half of the book of Nehemiah. The first half of Nehemiah is about the physical rebuilding of the wall around the ancient city of Jerusalem. The second half, though, focuses on the spiritual rebuilding of the people. If you're not familiar, Nehemiah led the people to rebuild the wall as it had been destroyed by the Babylonians. They had rebuilt the temple years earlier, but they neglected to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. So without the wall, obviously the city was vulnerable to attack. And despite great opposition, the wall was completely rebuilt under Nehemiah's leadership in just 52 days. Had been neglected for 70 years. They rebuilt it in 52 days. Nehemiah, and you can see that in Nehemiah 6.15, by the way, he knew enough to not let the people rest on their laurels. The spiritual revival that came as a result of getting involved in God's work, getting their hands dirty, well, that wasn't going to last if they didn't stay busy in the Lord's work. Had people relaxed, had people glorified in the great job, soon that apathy would set in. Their hearts would grow cold. Being a strong leader, Nehemiah gave people jobs to do. He kept them busy. Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 1 says, Now when the wall was rebuilt, and I had set up the doors, and the gatekeepers, and the singers, and the Levites were appointed. David Guzak points out that the walls were not rebuilt so that the people of Jerusalem could look at nice walls. They were rebuilt so they could worship God with a greater glory and freedom than ever before. How do you respond after coming through a tough time? Maybe you even had a victory, but instead of being joyful, you just ended up getting more bitter. God wants us to grow when he leads us to the mountaintop. He doesn't want us to just be bitter about the journey that got us there or bring us through that journey and have it end there on that mountaintop that we're just going to rest on. I want to encourage you to stay busy. Celebrate the victory that you had over sin or temptation. Sure, celebrate it, but remember, keep going. Remember the things that you relied on to achieve that victory. Always keep your eyes focused on God because the next test, that next spiritual battle, it's right around the corner. Let's not rest on our laurels just because we believe our walls are strong, that things are going well. Keep worshiping the Lord, serving him, serving his people with a joyful heart. Nehemiah 8.1 says, Then he said to them, Go, 
eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe you never experienced that joy that comes with trusting God for victories in your life. You can find out more at our website, btgprogram.com. You can find out more about what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ by clicking on the Know Jesus tab at our site. Being saved from your sins, placing your trust in him is summed up in these two verses, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you'd like prayer, send me a note. All our contact information is there on the website. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through August 30th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Now, if you like a good underdog story, the Red Hawks of Roberts Wesleyan this fall season might be the team to follow. The ECC preseason picks came out recently, and there was not a lot of love or respect for the Red Hawks fall teams, which we hope will serve as motivation to drive the teams to success on the field. The women's soccer team predicted to finish ninth as the men were looked at as a 10th place team in the ECC. The women's volleyball was predicted to finish 8th, and as you start to see this trend, the men's and women's cross-country teams were the exceptions as both were ranked at the very top of the ECC. Those two powerhouse programs look to build on the success of recent seasons as they return a number of all-conference honorees to the respective teams, including senior Josiah Adelini, the reigning ECC Men's Runner of the Year. Coming up on Monday, September 3rd, the women's soccer team will play host to the College of St. Rose at the Roberts Wesleyan campus. Game time is 4 p.m. And next Saturday, the 8th of September, the men's soccer team will welcome in Stonehill College for their home opener in a 1 p.m. match. Go on out and support the Red Hawks. And remember that you can stay up to date with all the news regarding Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, as well as finding scores, game highlights, and more by visiting their website, robertsredhawks.com. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to the show. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, sports talk radio, but with a faith-based perspective. Beyond the Game is recorded in Rochester, New York, but you don't have to be in Rochester to hear the program. 
Tell all your out-of-town friends that they can listen to the podcast by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. They can also get it on iTunes or other podcast sources like Google Play. You can subscribe right there, have it downloaded automatically each week. Last week's show was heard in such places as England, South Africa, Canada, and all across the United States. Places like Plattsburgh, New York, way up north there on Lake Uh Champlain. The great live album from the 70s, Frampton Comes Alive, Peter Frampton, great album, was recorded on, parts of it anyway, recorded on the SUNY Plattsburgh campus back in the mid-70s. Gene Arthur, the late actress born in Plattsburgh in 1900, she was in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. She was nominated for Best Actress Academy Award for her role in The More the Merrier. Do you like old movies? I do, yeah. Yeah, I, I like old movies, and, and she's a familiar face to me. To all the other fine citizens of Plattsburgh, New York, we thank you for listening to the Beyond the Game show. Wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. Here's my good friend Zach with this week's Shenanigans Statements. All right, number one, truth or shenanigans, the NFL's new helmet rule needs to be changed. I say shenanigans, but then again, I think I agree. I think it's the right thing to have a rule. But if nobody understands the rule, then what's the sense? Mm-hmm. And they, the NFL just seems to create rules on a consensus of committees. But I, I got to wonder, man, are you guys talking to the players? You're asking them how it's going to affect them. Uh, do the players understand all that goes into this? There's just so much question around. I like the rule, but I can't honestly say I fully understand it. It doesn't even seem like all the referees understand it either, the way that we've seen it called. I agree with... The statement, but in the sort of way that I agree with you, where the spirit of the rule is good. We want to keep people from getting head and neck injuries, but the way that it's called on the field, it seems so ambiguous. It seems so poorly done that I th- I think more, it, it needs to be overhauled. Don't do away with it, but definitely just pare it down, make it easier to understand. Number two, Baltimore Ravens rookie offensive lineman Greg Sinat drew the ire of head coach John Harbaugh when he tweeted out a photo of himself wearing a protective boot on his injured right foot. Sinat went down with turf toe in the Ravens' third preseason game, but the Ravens are notoriously secretive about injuries, and Harbaugh said that Sinat will be disciplined for his tweet. Truth or shenanigans, disciplining a player for something as simple as posting a selfie is stupid. I agree it's stupid, but by the same token, I guess it Depends on the selfie. But, you know, a selfie of his foot is not. Right. My opinion, I say shenanigans. or I say shenanigans on disciplining him. I agree with the statement, actually. Look, unless there's a team rule that says don't post pictures of your injuries, then what's the deal? You know, I think the other team, whoever that they're trying to keep this information from, is going to figure out when he's, you know, being reported on the injury list and not practicing that he's probably not going to play. Who cares if everybody sees a picture that shows that he has turf toe? I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, a picture of him wearing a boot. So what? I, who knows how severe that injury is? Last but not least, as the calendar turns to September, Major League Baseball rosters expand to 40 players. This sometimes leads to games being dragged out by an exaggerated number of pitching changes. So truth or shenanigans, 40 players is just too many. What do you think? I agree. I understand the premise of trying to give a team relief in the last month heading into the playoffs, being able to rest some of their players and not use them as much. But it also affects games. You know, like if a team has, you know, a team's best hitters are left-handed and suddenly they're facing a team in September that has five lefties in the bullpen, they could just keep making pitching changes to get those lefties out. You know, I think that 
it affects the quality of the games. I think it affects the length of the games. I just wish that there was a way to pare it down a little bit. Yeah, and depending on the balance of the schedule that you're facing, if you're more disadvantaged than somebody you're chasing in the standings because of the expanded rosters, well, that does affect the outcome. I do like it. I like it for the teams that are out of the race mm-hmm. to give somebody a taste of big league life. You wonder how necessary that is when so many of these young rookies are coming up game ready. They don't need the time in the major leagues. There might be something to the lifestyle to learn all that's involved. I do kind of like it for that career minor leaguer that's about to retire that, Mm -hmm. you know, they call him up for three weeks and let him enjoy the show. I think that's classy when clubs do that. I like it. I like expanding the roster. 40 is just too many. That's it. That's all of this week's shenanigans statements. But rather than take a break here, Zach, why don't we keep going? I see that we're running out of time for this week's show. Let's get into our You Like That. Azariah encouraged Asa with these words in Second Chronicles 15.7. How about me on this show using Old Testament books like Nehemiah and Second Chronicles? Second Chronicles 15.7 says, But you be strong and do not lose courage, for there is reward. In your work, those words may well have been fittingly spoken to young Damari Hendricks, who as a 16-year-old was shot in the head exactly two years ago on Labor Day weekend in 2016 in Chicago in as of yet an unsolved attack. Before the bullet exited his body, it shattered a portion of his skull. After being placed in a medically induced coma, his family worried whether he'd survive the surgery, whether he'd walk again if he did. Playing basketball seemed like an impossibility for the Chicago high school basketball star. But here we are, two years after that terrible incident. And not only had Damari played basketball last season, just about a year after the attack, but he looks forward to taking another step forward his upcoming senior season, hoping for an opportunity to play in college. He not only played last season, but he played at a high level, appearing in 23 of his team's 27 games, was their third leading scorer, and their second leading rebounder. His coach says he's a Division II basketball player right now, and I think he has the talent to play Division I. The bravery and determination of Damari Hendricks two years after being inexplicably shot in the head is what I like, you like this that? week. You like that? That's wild. I have another story uh, that involves a, uh, a young athlete. This one, uh, the Baltimore Orioles' Adam Jones when he was a young player in low A playing in Wisconsin as a minor leaguer, stayed with a host family, the Jansen family. Well, this past week, the Blue Jays played the Orioles. The child of that family, Danny Jansen, was a rookie at catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, and those two guys, both in the major leagues, got to play against each other. And Adam Jones tweeted about it, which is where I saw I thought that was an awesome story. So those two guys getting to face each other for the first time in the majors is what I liked this week. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Glad you could be with us for this week's show. Please consider partnering with our team here at Beyond the Game, bringing the gospel and the lessons of the Bible and the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of listeners through Sports Talk Radio each and every week. Your financial contributions to this radio ministry is what keeps us on the air. And if you have a business, please consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website. It's btgprogram.com. Lots of other stuff there as well. And be sure to check out the Myth and Mysteries podcast. Zach's other show that he does with his brother Spencer. A lot of great stories there. Visit their website, mythandmysteriespod.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. 
Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.